Winsomeness in our modern evangelical culture leans unequivocally to the left. Let's talk about it. Welcome back to Good Monsters. My name is Cody Lawrence. What I'm about to say applies to the majority of churches that I've seen in America, perhaps in all of the West, especially the big popular ones, the ones with a big social media presence, the ones with a lot of people, and it makes sense that this would apply to them. (laughs) But it also applies to a lot of the small ones too. And that's just the, the direction that we have gone. This also happens to apply to seminaries, Christian, quote-unquote, schools, Christian organizations like Together for the Gospel, T4G, or Acts 29, or the Gospel Coalition. It applies to Christian publication companies that publish books. It applies to pretty much every single realm that Christianity has some sort of foothold in, in the whole country, in the West. Winsomeness leans to the left in all of these areas. So first, we ought to probably define what winsomeness is. Well, I think there is the proper definition, and then there's the definition that our culture seems to have taken hold of, our our modern evangelical Christian culture. And I think the modern Christian culture defines winsomeness as attractiveness, essentially. They're pretty much synonymous. Winsomeness is to attract, uh, from the Christian perspective, attract someone to your church or to um, with your behavior so that they will be more receptive if and when you finally get around to sharing the gospel with them. But in reality, winsomeness has little to nothing to do with attractiveness at all. It sounds like it would because we think, well, how are we going to win people to the gospel without attracting them first? But in reality, at the very core of what winsomeness is, is not attraction. It's not being attractive. It's winning people. That is the goal. That's at the core. Winsomeness is about winning people. We cannot win people to our side with attractiveness. You do not merely, as a Christian, be attractive to somebody and win them to Christianity. There has to be more than that. In fact, you do not win people to Christianity at all. God does. God works through you to win people to Christianity, and often God works in spite of you to win people to Christianity. (laughs) But again, winning is at the core, not attractiveness. Some people are attracted to Christianity through the unattractiveness of Christians. In fact, if you've listened to my podcast for very long, you know, uh, and I'll share a story in just a second, that I have had a few or a couple of major horrible situations in churches that I have worked at and then other really horrible situations in churches that I've just attended for a long time that I hear other people share these kinds of stories and they stop being Christians. They 
deconstruct or they become progressive Christians. They say Christians are bad, therefore God is bad. But in my case, and I think in in uh, this is the way it should be because you know ninety nine percent of people have some sort of negative experience in the church that shouldn't necessarily it doesn't follow that if Christians are bad then God is bad. Now it is true that we should expect to see Christians looking better than the world. But unfortunately, and in fact, we are progressing away from God in our Christian culture and becoming more and more like the world. And I think that is actually in the name of winsomeness, and it is in the name of people actually wanting to attract people to God. Like Tim Keller types, they are all about looking as attractive as possible to the world. We got to look just like the world. We have to be in these places and doing these things because we need to show the world that we're relatable so that we can share the gospel with them. And I don't think that's that works. So I was a youth pastor a few years ago and I I was naive and I did a lot of things wrong. But uh, one of the things that I had right in my heart was that I wanted to focus on the gospel. I wanted to focus on actually winning people. And the pastor, uh, if you can call him that, that I worked under, told me that I need to attract more students. He, he was very numbers-oriented. The, the church was very numbers-oriented. I was threatened to be fired like every other month, at least, that I worked there because uh, the numbers of the youth group were too low. And I wasn't growing it as quickly as they wanted me to. And I thought, you can't... Well, anyway, it's neither here nor there. There are a lot of reasons why the youth ministry wasn't growing, and it was primarily due to the church itself. Uh, and I could have gone out and, you know, just spent the the tens of thousands of dollars I had in my budget to bring in as many students as possible, totally drop preaching sermons and just focus on like, you know, having a play time, having a uh, like a kids club. And that would have attracted people. And that honestly would have made the church very happy. <laughs> but I was told to cut the length of my sermons down to no more than 10 minutes. Buy as much pizza as possible. Give prizes. You know, basically cut out the gospel. Increase the attraction. This is a show. You know, we want to look impressive. And I think that's what a lot of churches are going for. I think that's what our modern evangelicalism is going for as a whole now. That's the direction that we have unfortunately gone. And it's something to seriously watch out for. Why not prioritize the students who actually care about the Word of God? Who don't come to church for pizza and toys and games? Why not prioritize the people in churches who are actually interested in the Word of God instead of the people who just come to hang out or come to uh, you, listen to something that makes them feel good every Sunday or make them something uh, make them feel like they're holy once a week and I've checked the box and therefore I'm going to heaven. <laughs> but none of these specifically are examples of how 
winsomeness leans left. But at first, I kind of wanted to establish the idea that winsomeness is a very, very high value in evangelicalism. It's too high. It's unnecessarily high. And it's high in the wrong way. It's not even real winsomeness. Winsomeness should only be a value insofar as we are prioritizing the truth. And then we will automatically be winsome. But here are some examples of how in churches, in seminaries, and in book publishing companies, in Christian schools, that winsomeness leans to the left. So not only are we prioritizing the wrong thing, but we are on the wrong side of the wrong thing. And here are some examples. Imagine if someone walks into your church, and hopefully you don't go to a church that this applies to. I pray to God that you don't. <laughs> but just think, if, if a church, maybe your church, if a person walks into your church and says, I hate white people, what, what would they do? Well, me, you know, I hear that all the time. It's all over the place. It's on social media. It's on, you know, people make TikToks all the time. White people and non-white people. They make videos. They're like, yeah, white people suck. I hear it so much that my immediate response is just to roll my eyes. Yeah, okay. Another person that hates white people. How would your church respond? Would they just roll their eyes? Or if that person actually called themselves a Christian... Would they immediately seek to discipline that person? What if instead someone walked into this church and they said, I hate black people? That immediately, at least for me, gives me like a whole different feeling like, whoa, we, whoa, we can't say that. <laughs> Even though the two statements are equally egregious. The nature of the two statements are identical, and therefore they should be treated identically. But do we? Do we treat them identically? We should. Often, we even warn white people in many churches for loving their white privilege when they don't say a word about the prevalent, open, and public hatred toward white people. White people, just because of their skin color, have to be warned. And they are not comforted for the overwhelming actual racism against white people in the country. Crazy. Which side does your church lean toward? They shouldn't lean toward either side at all, or else they would be committing the sin of partiality. They would have unequal weights and measures, and God does not like the sin of partiality. Here's another example. What if somebody were to walk in your church, a church, this hypothetical, very realistic church that exists in thousands of places across the country? What if they were to walk in and say, Republicans are going to hell? The church would probably respond, the average church would probably respond and say, Hey, hey, let me, let's, let's lean into that. Let's wade into that. Let's share each other's hearts and talk about this. And maybe I'll try to convince you that all Republicans aren't going to hell. 
even though, I mean, of course, the leadership of the church doesn't vote Republican. I mean, what do you think we are, racist bigots? But we can't be saying bad things about people. So let's lean into this. What if instead somebody came into a church and said, Democrats are going to hell? The leadership of the church would probably be having a cup of coffee with that person the very same day to very uh, strongly walk them through why that's not an okay thing to say. We have to be united with each other, unity, blah, 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 whatever. What if somebody said, walked into a church and said, I support abortion? The church would probably respond in very much the same way. Hey, let's lean into that. (laughs) What if instead someone very strongly said abortion is murder? You know, which is true, right? That would make a lot of people uncomfortable in many churches. Even if those people thought it was true, they would think, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't like your tone. We can't, we can't say it like that because that's unkind to these mothers who have murdered so many babies. That's unkind. See which side we're leaning toward? What if somebody says, it is a sin to not get vaccinated? A church would probably just let it slide. Like, yeah, cool, all right. Yeah, I mean, don't don't judge others, but yeah, you could say that. Yeah, I mean, we probably agree. I mean, all the leadership of this church, we got vaccinated. I mean, what kind of idiot wouldn't get vaccinated? Uh, what if somebody instead said, it is a sin to get vaccinated? And a lot of people did sin by getting vaccinated. Lived in fear. Got it for the wrong reasons. Out of pressure. Merely because the government said so. And they are affirming the lordship of the government, which they do not have. They would be treated differently. In fact, people who make the hard choice, the hard, the hard choice to get vaccinated for for the sake of keeping their jobs or to go visit their family. They're praised. That's all. That was a hard choice, brother or sister. I love that you did that. But what if somebody for the past two years was risking their jobs and their livelihood and their friendships, like my wife and I, because we refuse to get something that's being forced on us illegally by a government that thinks they're God? There is no comfort in many places for people like us. What about masks? Walking into a church where every single person wore a mask, even though it wasn't required, was horribly uncomfortable for my wife and I. Initially, we wore them, uh, you know, later on in the pandemic as, as our conscience was telling us that this is something that we absolutely need to resist and that this is not okay for us to give into. Not saying it's, it's immoral for everybody necessarily, but for us, our conscience would not allow us to wear masks in worship, but many other people did. I even have spoken with multiple pastors 
who made the decision in their church, who even believed like, yeah, we know that, you know, we have, we have our opinions on masks and they lean to the right. However, we're going to wear them anyway to comfort our congregants on the left. You don't hear the opposite. You don't hear, yeah, most of our church, they, uh, they want to wear masks, but the leadership of our church, we're going to choose not to, to comfort the few of those who don't want to. Why would, I mean, if you believe that this is true, why would you not lean towards the side that is true? Are they cowards? Sheesh. What about just the, the condition of men? You know, the left is pushing the idea that masculinity is wrong. Masculinity is toxic. Uh, it's, it's good to be effeminate. There was that worship leader, pastor, if you can call him that, who was painting his nails and was like, yeah, my girls love it. And therefore, it's okay. I mean, because our morality is based on the beliefs of 10-year-old girls. Physically, mentally, and spiritually weak and effeminate men, they're praised for how gentle and kind and loving they are, and they're probably good husbands. While we warn against taking masculinity too far for the people who actually want to live out the biblical nature that they've been given, the design for men to be courageous and strong and speak the truth, that isn't encouraged in our modern evangelical culture. Hopefully you see the, the examples. A lot of these are anecdotal. I don't have a lot of statistics to back all this up. And hopefully your church is not like this. But you know if it is, be a thorn in their side. Have conversations with them. Change them or go find a faithful church. Because we cannot, one, define winsomeness, like prioritize attracting people over the truth. We cannot do that. Secondly, we cannot prioritize attracting people with the wrong values over attracting people with the right values. Comforting people with the wrong values. And spurning people with the right values. Which means we also have to understand what the right values are. And we have to have the courage, the guts, the spine to stand up for what those right values are. Man or woman. Pastor or layman. Because pastors can get a lot of things wrong. Christianity, in fact, is at its very core, unattractive to the world. The Bible says so. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. People of the world are antithetical to people of God. There are sons of God and there are sons of the devil. They do not coexist easily. Even though our modern evangelical culture is trying their absolute best to make them. Because their priorities are mixed up. Christianity at its very core is unattractive to the world. It has to be by its very definition. If we prioritize 
attraction over truth, unity with the world instead of unity with God, then, well, we get exactly where our country is now. We get this. We get what we are given. We get fewer faithful Christians than ever. We get crumbling churches that don't stand up to tyranny. We get weak, effeminate men leading families, weak, effeminate men leading churches, weak, effeminate zombies leading our government organizations. I mean, zombie, you know, being the president, and then, uh, if, I mean, effeminate men leading, what is it, the health something... <laughs> Everything is upside down. And this is what we get because I believe wherever the pulpit goes is where the nation goes. And wherever the family goes is where the church goes. The families feed into the church. The church instructs the families that go out into the nation and, you know, vote and change things and cause things and build schools and build, you know, whatever, uh, good or bad. And this is the consequence of that. And it's not a good one. So things have to change. And things have to start changing in the most immediate area that you have power over, which is your family. And if it has changed there, then it needs to change in your church. And if it has changed there, do not stop at your church, but go to your town, to your city, and then eventually to your nation. Something to think about. Thanks for sticking around, and God bless. I'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Good Monsters. I would very much appreciate it if you could give this video a like, a comment, and a subscribe, especially if you want to see more content like this. Plus, as an added benefit, there are a lot of bad guys who would be very upset if you were to subscribe to this. So, something to consider. Oh!